Welcome back to the Balance with Sam podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this week's episode. On today's episode, I interview a friend and personal trainer, Olivia Caputo, and she is talking to us about running, strength training, and the combination of the two. We talk about why it's okay to slow down, the important exercises to be doing if you are a runner, and why it's okay to ask for help and to have a great community to lean on. So please tune in, let me know what you guys think, give me a review on iTunes or Spotify, and let me know. If you have any questions, you can visit my website at www.balancewithsam.com slash podcast, and I'm really looking forward to see what you guys think of the episode. Hello? Oh, yeah. yeah, I can hear you. Yay! It worked! Oh my god, such a struggle. <laughs> well, we made it, thank god. We did. Here we are. <laughs> well, welcome to the Balance with Sam podcast. I'm so glad you are able to be on the show and this finally worked out. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. Um, so I figured I'll do a little intro of you and then we're, we can just kind of dive right in. Sound good? Sounds good to me. Okay, awesome. Um, so for everyone listening, I am on the phone with Olivia Caputo, and she is one of my friends, co-worker. She is a personal trainer in the Boston area, and she specifically um, is really great with corrective exercise as well as running. She is a She's done a lot of running in her lifetime, um, and so I wanted to have her on the show to talk about the importance of strength training if you are prepping for a run or a race and how important it, it is to include strength training in a well-developed running plan. So yeah. that's, I guess, is that a good description of you, Olivia? <laughs> I'd say so. Me. All right, cool. So I guess um, to start, why don't you kind of go over a little bit about your background, whether it be in running and just kind of like working out in general, um, and then we can go from there. Yeah, so um, I kind of started getting into running specifically when I was in high school, and my mom has been a runner for a long time. She's done the Boston Marathon several times. She was the one who really got me into it, and I used to actually bike with kids. Um, and then I stopped playing sports in high school because it just wasn't meshing with my schedule. Um, I was pretty nerdy, so I had a lot of <laughs> academics going on, and I was doing theater. Um, so I just didn't really have time for another activity, but I still wanted to do something that would, you know, keep me healthy and keep me in shape and keep my heart, you know, healthy. <laughs> and so I decided to start just running on my own because it was much less time consuming than being at practice every day. Um, it was something that I could, you know, a big homework assignment that I needed to get done or a big test coming up Mm -hmm. and it just seemed like a really accessible way to start getting into fitness yeah so I did that all through high school all through college I was running um but in college I also started incorporating some into my workouts because we had a really nice gym at NYU and um I didn't really know much at the time I was doing it very much based on like a couple, you know, total body conditioning style classes that, that every gym has that I used to go to in high school. Um, and then when I started working as a trainer after college, I finally started to really learn about weightlifting and resistance training. And that's when it, I started in a much more cohesive way into my running. And, um, yeah, I still do run occasionally. I'll still prep for races. If I'm going to do them, I still want to do the Sunday, but I actually lift more than I run now. Um, and I just have better balance and like my body 
less when I do run. And I feel like it's, it's just much more well-rounded than only ever having forward momentum and tripping a lot and <laughs> have a lot of scraped up <laughs> from that. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess I want to kind of touch, like go back to what you said, which was the um, pre, the running that you were doing pre weightlifting. Um, mm-hmm. Do you remember like what that was like, just like running day in and day out, not doing any strength training? Uh, maybe you can talk a little bit about like what that felt like now that in hindsight, you know, you weren't doing any, any strengthening work, uh, what that felt like. And if you, if you were injured more or kind of like what the deal was then. So vascularly, I, I felt pretty good and I, you know, was able to go long distances and just build up mileage. So that was all fine. But in terms of how my body actually felt after a run, um, I had a tendency to overpronate a lot. So my ankles roll in towards each other. Um, and it's something I've always struggled with. I kind of thought for a long time, oh, I just have flat feet. My dad has flat feet. I have flat feet. It's genetic. Um, yeah. And it turns out, you know, I just had weak glutes. So shoes, <laughs> especially, and, and I've done research on this now, especially in adolescent women, they tend to overpronate a lot and it causes a lot of patellar issues in the kneecap. So your um, kneecap starts to track improperly. So I had these like sharp pains kind of underneath and around my kneecap um, that I was able to fix with orthotics when I was still just running, which was great. And they're an excellent like kind of stopgap measure. You should definitely look into them if you're experiencing knee pain, but long-term it's actually not a solution. And that's kind of what I was just banking on was, oh, I guess I just have to buy orthotics for every pair of running shoes I ever own now. (laughs) Um, Also had some hip pain and IT band pain, which is related to the similar um, ankle rolling in, especially as you're putting that much impact on your ankle. And if it rolls in every time, then muscles and the bones in your leg are going to start to twist in weird ways. And it just over time builds up. So ultimately, um, I kind of had a wake up call right before I started college, which again is when I started weightlifting, um, when I had a stress fracture in my metatarsal and that Mm -hmm. forced me to stop running, find something else to do. Yeah. So just repeated pounding. I just had a crack in one of the bones, the small bones in my foot, um, that kind of connect your toes to your heel. And that went undiagnosed for a while. So when I finally figured it out, I started college. I had a boot on for like six weeks. Everyone uh, knew me as the girl with the boot, which meant that I was <laughs> recognizable, but also that I, I had to kind of find a new, new fitness regime for a little bit. Cause I'm not someone who can just sit still. It's not, not me. Yeah. yeah oh definitely. God, the, the girl with the terrible boot. Terrible balance. Oh Yeah. <laughs> names, but we won't go into that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I also just had terrence, um, really no muscle tone whatsoever. I was just kind of like straight down my entire body. Um, and yeah, I just, I just feel, and in my opinion, look better now and, and feel more well-rounded. And I still have like good cardiovascular endurance. I, I still, I mean, Sam can attest she's run with me that like go further. It's fun. <laughs> Always risk feel better and and also if you know something I now have the tool super um to kind of alleviate that in the moment and then to work on the long-term solutions that will mean that I don't need orthotics forever that I don't need to you know like I'm at risk for another fracture or a sprained ankle yeah I think that's such a good point the orthotics thing I think that not even just in running but in lifting too if you're struggling with an injury you're like oh how can I fix this as fast as possible 
right? But like that might not be the best long-term solution. It could just be, uh, you know, strengthening, like you said, your glutes over time so that you aren't in pain down the road rather than like relying on this external, you know, application to your shoe or whatever it is, right? Yeah, and they can be great in the long term, and I definitely advise both because it is wonderful to be pain-free right now in this moment, and if you can give someone that gift, that's amazing, but you also want to teach them the skills that mean that they can do it on their own without relying on what is, I mean, it's essentially a crutch. Right. And crutches are great. Crutches help you with injury. Crutches (laughs) give you the rest you need, but you don't want to be on them forever. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay, so now... I want to talk a little bit about um, like recommendations for people that are currently running. Maybe they're not doing any strength training or they want to get started with some strength training um, and they really don't know what to do or what to focus on. Um, And so I was hoping maybe you could dive into that a little bit, like what you would recommend in terms of muscle groups, exercises, um, things to specifically like work on if you are a runner, but you're finding that you want to include some some strength training. Yeah, I mean, I am always a a proponent of the big full body movement. So squatting, deadlifting, even bench pressing, if you're if you're looking to add more upper body, um, those are going to target a lot of the muscles that you want to be hitting that don't generally get hit in running. So mm-hmm. runners oftentimes have really overactive quads and calves, um, and that's kind of where they're getting all of their knee motion from. And they have underactive glutes, hamstrings, and running really doesn't do much for your core. So you want to kind of do the things that are going to replace what you're not getting when you're out hitting the track or when you're out running on the road. So squats and deadlifts are super important. Um, doing any kind of hip abduction or extension. So like weighted glute bridges is really good. You can just use the abduction machine at the gym. Hamstring curls in any variety are going to be really important for you. Um, and then also just try to get some upper body in there too, because running really doesn't do much for your arms or your upper back, which is super important. So cable face pulls and rows, um, are going to be the things that help fix your posture in a way that allows you to actually stand up a little bit straighter when you run, which translates into breathing better and translates into not feeling like you're constantly going to fall forward the second you trip. Yeah. Awesome. So the core is, you know, yeah. Core and booty. (laughs) Uh, Yeah always glutes um okay so now the covered exercises I guess if someone was so say I am a runner I don't strength train at all and uh I want to get started talk about maybe my frequency and the importance of my warm-up and cool down yeah so I would say that literally any exercise program the first thing that you need to decide is how many days a week you're going to dedicate to it because that's going to give you an idea of the overall layout and how much you're going to be able to to accomplish in what period of time. So it doesn't matter what it is. It can be, you know, anywhere from one to seven days a week. Don't do seven. Pro tip, don't do seven. But I would generally recommend three to four. Um, And if you want to be running more than anything else, I would recommend four days of running and then two days of strength training, Mm -hmm. which can be either on the same day or on a different day. And you can add more in um, and you can do runs of varying lengths. You could do some that are you know, a slower, longer run, or you could do some shorter interval runs. Um, And those are going to kind of train different aspects of running. One is going to work up your endurance so you can go for longer periods of time. The other one is actually going to increase your cardiovascular capacity. So your heart's ability to transport oxygen to your muscles, which translates directly into how much energy we'll have for running. Um, Mm -hmm. So those are both important. In terms of accessibility, I would say that 
I know that pe- most people have probably heard of it, that Couch to 5K app. Yeah. Um, yeah. Caveat that I've never actually done it myself. I just, I'm, I'm sure I did stupid things and just <laughs> learned on the go, but you don't have to do that because technology is amazing. Um, that app is really great because it, teaches you how to run intervals and it teaches you how to work up a program over time. I don't know if it's free. I should have probably looked into that before coming on the podcast. No, actually it is because I use it. That's how I started running. Again. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, yeah. so you know firsthand that it, it gives you kind of an idea of how to increase your distance over time, how to increase your speed, your cardiovascular endurance, all of these things that I think can kind of scare people. Yeah. Running because, you know, a lot of people look at it as, all right, well, I just have to go and I have to do it. And running can totally suck. And if you don't build in those breaks, if you don't build in that amount of time for your heart and your body to actually adapt, you're going to get discouraged right away and then not stick with it. And that's, that's absolutely not what you want. Better, slow, steady progress than, you know, try it to go from zero to a hundred and then get discouraged and do nothing at all. Have you done that? <laughs> uh, I definitely was more intermittent with my running than I probably could have been had I been steadier with it and and followed more of a regime um I'm sure there were like two week periods where I'm like no I don't have time because like it's it's just too hard or it sucks and uh I sometimes wish that I had given myself the space to take more time but I'm also really impatient so that's that's something that people shouldn't do but that I totally did yeah you Um, and me both (laughs) I'm so impatient I just like want it now everyone does you know (laughs) Yeah, I don't I don't enjoy the learning process. I mean, I I was I'm a nerd, so I like school, but I don't enjoy being not where I want to be with something. And so for me, a lot of fitness has been like, okay, just take the time to learn about it and do it slowly. And then you're going to do it better in the long run. And you're going to learn more and you're going to be able to help others more, which is which is really important if you're a trainer. Yeah, yeah. Um, So I kind of want to talk a little bit more about that, like mistakes made maybe when um, you've, you've been training for running or it can be even weightlifting too, but like, um, you know, that's how we learn is other people's mistakes and also making them ourselves. Uh, can you share like, and it can be funny too, like mis- maybe some mistakes you've made along the way, whether it be with your, um, your cross training, like running and, and strength work, or maybe just in running or just in lifting, um, some, some, you know, either funny or like, oh, damn, I shouldn't have done that, uh, moments that you've had. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the first marathon I ever did, the only marathon that I made, that made me sound like a crazy marathon runner. I do a lot of half marathons. It's my favorite distance. Um, mm-hmm. but I've done one marathon and that was definitely a case of too much, too fast. Um, so I yeah. did it when I was studying abroad in Spain. And I was like, no, it'll be great. I'm definitely going to be able to train because I have less class like schedule than I do when I'm back in New York, um, yeah. which is true. But I also would have needed to use my weekends for doing my speed runs. And I was traveling most weekends because I was taking full advantage of the fact that I was in Spain for four months, which is great. Yeah. And I recommend it. Study abroad. Do it. But don't train for a marathon while you do it. <laughs> <laughs> and basically did all of my long runs. I did my slow work, but I at no point did speed work and I was basically just cutting two days a week from my program and so you know day comes to do it and I was running it with my mom who's visiting at the time during my spring break and I mean she crushed me she just absolutely she had trained she had done all the speed work I came out of the gate for the first half marathon remember my favorite distance I was yeah. killing it and then I just 
died in the second half. And it was finishing that was one of the biggest struggles I think I've ever had in terms of athletic endurance and events. And um, I'm really proud that I did. Yeah. But I also now I'm like, I, I absolutely could have done that better. And, and the possible way would have been either to not have done it at all or to have prioritized speed work more during the week when I was actually you know, not traveling, not going off into various European countries. Um, <laughs> I really, really cannot stress enough how important intervals are if you want to get better at running and how important they are for distance too. Yeah. And I think just generally, like when I, when I run, it's not, it's not often, but when I do, I usually tend to like intervals more only because it like make it breaks it up a little bit, right? Like it's also much more efficient. You don't have to spend an hour on a treadmill and treadmills are the worst. I am definitely an outside runner. Yeah, I would agree. <laughs> the treadmill, I like to call yes, it. Yes, indeed, indeed. <laughs> and and if you are looking to get better at running, don't only run. I mean, you can you can do things like stairmaster, you can do things like an elliptical if you need to vary it up. Um I wouldn't say, you know, more than once a week, but if you're still doing intervals on those, you're still increasing your cardio, even if it's not doing the exact activity you're training for. That's why cross training is so important for running because you're not doing the event that you're training for, but you're doing things to complement it and that will still give you benefits. Ooh, yeah. I want to talk a little bit about that. Um, what are your favorite types of things to do that aren't running to help your running? Yeah, if I have it available, I do actually really love swimming. Um, it's very low impact, so it promotes recovery and it still increases your cardio and actually teaches you a lot about how to breathe when you're doing a distance event. Yeah. Um, I also, I don't love the elliptical because it feels like just a weird treadmill, but I understand that it is very useful for people who do have long-term knee issues, which at a time was me, so I totally used it. Mm -hmm. um, is good as long as you make sure you're doing it in a way that promotes glute activity don't do the Stairmaster and like push through your toes because that's going to hit your calves and your quads again. Try to push through your heel on a Stairmaster, which can sometimes be hard if the step depth isn't really great, but you know, it's something to look for, to strive for. So um, basically and then like when you're, when you're standing on or when you're going up the Stairmaster or even like outside stairs, right? Like if you go from yeah, any stairs, stadium, yeah, you're yeah. basically, your heel is what's going to make touch, make contact with the step first. So that yeah, and well, not even first, but when you're stepping up, that's what you drive down into the step to push your body upward. Right. So you feel your glutes kind of like activated as you're taking yes. each step. Yeah. And then rowing, um, because it, it is cardio, but it also promotes upper back musculature, which is missing in a lot of runners. I love the rowing machine. I think it is one of the most under um or underestimated pieces of cardio equipment in the gym. Uh I don't think we have enough of them. <laughs> at our gym certainly <laughs> um well that's awesome so uh you talked about quickly I want to go back a little bit but you when you did that marathon right and you said you mm -hmm. you crushed the first half and the second half wasn't as great may have sucked mm -hmm. a little so like anything half of it is mental right at least half of it maybe I would say 80 percent of it is mental um yeah. what were some things that you were telling yourself or that you thought about while you realized you still had 13 point whatever miles left to go at that at that point that you were like oh shit this sucks I still have that way to go um, yeah so one of the big things was having my mom with me was actually really helpful because she was a doll and probably gave up some of her marathon time to 
walk with me if that's what I needed um, to just kind of support me. At one point, I'm pretty sure like in the last mile, she literally grabbed me by the arm and propelled me forward. Um, <laughs> so that's super helpful. Find your fitness family, literally or non, you know, actual genetically connected. Um, <laughs> but those people are really important. And then also just thinking, I mean, it's something I still say to myself occasionally when I run or I say to people with whom I'm running is that the faster I keep going, the faster it will be over. And look to the finish line, whether it's literal or metaphorical, and think about how exciting it's going to be to be standing there and let that propel you forward too. Yeah. Was there any point in that second half where you're like, fuck, I'm not going to make it? Like, uh, No, at no point did I think I wasn't going to finish. It was a matter of how quickly will it be done and how how much am I going to basically whine during it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, I think I think if, if you set your mind to do something and you say, look, it – no matter how long it takes, I'm going to get to that 26.2 mile marker, or in my case, 42 kilometers, because I was in Spain, um, <laughs> you, you can make it because your body can do so much more than your brain thinks it can. Yeah, I think it's like mind over matter, right? Like if you tell your if you tell your body, it's going to do something, then it, it will. Um, yeah. And I think a lot of a lot of us, you know, obviously, our, our mental game is can always get stronger. And the stronger that our minds are, the stronger that we can become physically. Um, I know that I've sure as hell had some days, whether it be in the gym, or whether it be like on a run or something where I'm just not feeling it. And instead of having the mental strength to to make that switch and be like, okay, Sam, well, you know what, it doesn't matter if you feel like shit, you're just gonna do, you know, to a point, obviously. Um, but yeah, I mean, but, listen to your body. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, if I'm just trying to like, if I'm just being a baby, and I, you know, and I have a cop out, I'm like, oh, well, I'll just, you know, do some of this tomorrow or something. Like, I'll, I'll automatically like slow down, and it will suck even more. But like, you know, if you tell yourself, okay, get it together, you can do this you've done it before or you know that you're capable of it whatever the case may be it's like if you're telling yourself that you are physically capable of doing it then you'll freaking do it but you you truly do have to like have some really good positive self-talk in order to get yourself to do something that audacious I bet (laughs) yeah or someone to literally tow you so you know yeah pull you along (laughs) um you said something like I don't know as you were talking about the the fact that you're you had to slow down at some points or even walk um yep and i i want to dive into that a little bit more because whether it be in running or uh like literally or in your weight loss journey or gaining strength or gaining muscle whatever it is whatever the journey is uh i think that we often feel like failure if we uh catch ourselves slowing down or if we have to come to the to come to terms with the fact that we actually need to slow down whether that beca- be because of injury or because just life is happening and we haven't been able to slow down in a while um do do you have any i guess recommendations or experiences um beyond that one that you were talking about with the with that marathon where you have literally had to slow down or even maybe take a few steps back so that you could get stronger or faster or propel yourself even more forward. Yeah, I think, um, and I will warn you, I unfortunately do have to go pretty shortly, but, um, totally okay. Yeah. Um, I would say when I first started weightlifting, I mean, I, 
have been doing it since college, but had not really been doing it in a very informed way. So when that became part of my kind of workout and my fitness, mm-hmm. I was doing pretty light weights and, you know, I was like, well, I'm just doing this to support running. So it, I don't really need to like be super strong. I just need to, to not be injured. Um, and as, as my focus started to shift a lot more, I would try to go up and wait before I really knew what I was doing because I was like, oh, well, this is a new goal. So then I should just go for it with everything I have. Um, And so for a long time, I was cheating myself by not lifting weights that were actually heavy enough to challenge me. And then when I did decide to do it, I was doing it in a really uninformed way. Mm -hmm. So after both of those experiences, I, you know, tried to use the resources around me and and the other people at the gym um, to get myself to a point where I was working at weights that were challenging enough, but where I could still do things safely. And that did take, you know, like a step back from whatever was the top weight I had reached at that point. And I think you, you probably had a similar experience that I've heard you talk about in terms of, you know, you, you had a really crazy heavy squat, but you, if you're not getting depth, if you're not doing it safely, if you're not using the right muscles, then you might have to back off. Okay. It doesn't matter that I took 50 pounds off the bar if I'm doing this better and it's going to be more sustainable in the long term. Yeah. Yeah. It's like letting go of the ego, right? It's hard. Yeah. It's so hard. Yeah. yeah. So when, when you know what you're capable of and then stepping back and being like, but I know what I need to do. <laughs> Maybe I don't want to do it, but I should do it. <laughs> That's always the hardest thing. Yeah. So I think that, that, you know, that took some, some effort and some checking in with myself and saying, you know, this isn't a failure. It's actually a service to myself down the road and, and always be thinking of the person that you're going to be at the end of whatever goal you're at and think about how much you're doing for them. Sure. It may feel a little harder for the person you are now, but think about like the person you are at the end of those last 13 miles of a marathon or at the end of a program or after, you know, your first powerlifting competition, all of those people are waiting for you to get there, but you need to do it in a way that doesn't totally trash their bodies. Right. Right. I think the focusing on like the day-to-day, right? Like making sure you're doing the day-to-day right so that the the end or the goal, you know, whether you physically reach it or by the time you get there, you already have another goal uh, that you you are still in good condition, you know? Like it's a, it's a sustainable <laughs> approach to get there and you're not burning yourself into the ground. So you can't just stop and say like, okay, well, I've made it now. I'm done. You, you've never made it. Yeah. You always have somewhere else exciting to go and and that should excite people and not overwhelm them. And I think, you know, that's where doing it safely can help. (laughs) It sounds like a commercial for a, um, (laughs) for, uh, for a lot of things, I guess, but doing it safely can help. Um, Okay. So I want to wrap up, but before we go, um, three biggest tips that you want to share with my listeners it could be running related it could be cross training it could be about your journey anything um three tips for everyone listening ready set go (laughs) okay so first tip is uh just get out and start doing it if you think that it's not going to be good or if it's not going to be fun whether it's starting running for the first time or literally doing a run on any given day i almost guarantee you that once you start you're gonna want to keep going And if you don't, then fine. It's not meant to be, but at least you know you tried. Uh, Tip number two is glutes and core. Oh my God, glutes and core. (laughs) They're missing from every runner's regime and they should be the main focus of your cross training. And the third tip is just to remember that the only way you can possibly fail is if you do less than you know you're capable of doing. So keep it within your own limitations, but push the boundaries of those limits every day. 
I love it. Push the boundaries. Always. Always pushing the boundaries. Um, Olivia, thank you so much for being on the show and for sharing some yeah for sharing some insight on things that um you know as 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 we've become friends even you've gotten me to run more and I'm like who am I I'm I'm running a 5k again again what uh and it's good because it's getting me outside of my comfort zone um and I'm really glad that you were able to come on and give us some insight for sure if um for everyone listening where can they find you on social or you know the world wide web all right so this is one of my goals is to be better at this but you can find me at livy lips on instagram that's l-i-v-i-e underscore l-i-f-t-s awesome and uh, i will share a link to your instagram under the podcast info um Alrighty. Well, thank you so much again for taking time out of your day to be on the show. I'm so glad we were able to make it work finally. We did it. Um, alrighty. Well, I'm looking forward to having you on the show again in the future and I will be talking to you soon. Yeah. Thanks so much. Bye, Sam. Okay. Bye, Olivia. Alrighty, that wraps up another episode of the Balance with Sam podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. And thanks again to Olivia for being on the show and sharing her biggest running tips with us. Like she said, the key is to just start doing it and don't get too, too caught up and having the perfect plan and executing it, but rather just be consistent with your training and you will get there. Lastly, it's okay to slow down or to walk mid-run and literally whether that be while you're running or just in life or in your fitness journey you don't need to be going super fast the whole time in fact sometimes that slowing down will actually help you accelerate and go full speed ahead later down the road so I really hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode if you did I would love to get some feedback from you give me a review or rating on iTunes share those five stars and if you have any questions or you want to submit an inquiry please do www.balancewithsam.com slash podcast and I'm really looking forward to catching up with you guys next week